Welcome to the Pascal Ngwe Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered as you listen to the Word of God. Quickly this morning for the time we have left, let's talk on, about invisible enemies. And because we're talking about fathers, I want to expose a couple of invisible enemies that we fight in relationships. So relationships and the enemies that we fight and that we are not aware of. This is going to bless you. Number one, God is a God of relationships. You need to know this about God. John 10 10 verse 30. I and my father are one. God is introduced to you in the book of Genesis. You find you hear him saying, let us make man in our image. Let us. Have you noticed that about God? God seems to have some people he's relating with very, very well and he does everything with them. Let us. Not let me. Let us. Hmm? Here Jesus says, I and my father are one. We are relating. There's a good connection. Do you know many women cannot say that I and my husband are one? Do you know that? Do you know that many children cannot say, I and my parents are one? Do you know that many brothers cannot say, I and my sisters are one? I and my sister are one? I and my brother are one? Can you say that? I and my mother are one. Before I even go find the teaching, you might find out that the relationship is already corrupted. Do you have one single relationship that you can mention the way Jesus is saying here? I and this one are one. Do you have one like this? Presently. Sounds like a simple statement, isn't it? But can you say it about yourself? As I teach this morning, you will realize how many invisible enemies have infiltrated every single relationship you have. That you can never make such a statement about any relationship that you have. Jesus says, I and my father are one. We are connected. We are connected. 1 John 4 verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. God is relational. Relational. Never forget that about God. God is relational. Relational. And it is very vital that I mention this here today. Because a lot of us know God as almighty. Powerful. I even sang this morning, mighty in battle. But people do not know that God is into relationships. 
They know God can heal. They know God can save. But they don't know God relates. And that God is interested in your relationships working. God is love. And you will agree with me. Love is one of the main ingredients in any relationship. And God does not have love. He is love. Please take note of that. So God created you and I to relate, number one, with him. Your first relationship is with him. Psalm 8, Psalm 8 verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? Do you know that only when you are relating with a person do you think about them? The Bible says God's mind is full of you. Oh, you are, you are full in his mind. Can, you, can, can my mind be full of a person I'm not relating with? Can my mind be thinking about a person that I have nothing to do with? Why is the mind of God so busy with you? Because God is, he wants to relate with you. Can you visit people you have not, no business visiting? He's, he's visiting you. He wants to visit you. So God created you so that you and him can relate. Very important. God doesn't want a thing where you are here, he is there. You think about him when you enter the building. But his mind is full of you. Is your man full of him? Do you think about him often? David says, I wake up in the night and I'm still thinking about you. I wake up at night, I'm thinking about God. <sighs> hmm? You know why? As you're going to learn this morning quickly, even your relationship with him has been contaminated. Clearly. You are not visiting him and it seems like he's also not visiting you anymore. Man was created to relate with his wife. So with God first, then with your wife. Genesis 2 verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. People of God, People of God. People of God. People of God. This statement is true forever. It is not good that man should be alone. It will never be good for you to be alone. And I'm not just talking about it from the perspective of marriage, which is the main context here. What God was trying to say is that man cannot function well when he is alone. What God was also trying to say was that man is in danger when he is alone. Please give me your attention for a few minutes. I'm not going to preach for long. And this can change your whole life. This can change your whole life. Listen to me. God never intended for you to be alone. 
A lot of us are lonely people. You walk alone. You do things alone. Like you are always almost alone. And you feel and you think that, no, I am like that. Me, I'm an introvert. How many of you say I'm an introvert? I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a people's person. Me, I'm not a people's person. I understand that the predisposition of everybody are different. Some of us seem to be more open to people than others. But the reality remains that the more lonely you are, the more exposed you are. I don't know if you are ready for me. Guys, are you ready for me? Can I, t- can I speak? Can I speak, my baby? Can I talk? All right, good. Amen? Now, I want to make a statement and I don't want you to get offended. So I'm already asking for forgiveness before I, I make the statement. Eh? <laughs> Please don't get offended. Tell your neighbor, don't get offended. Pastor already asked for forgiveness before he even made the statement. Loneliness is a sign of demonic activity. Why am I saying this? As long as Eve is talking to Adam, the snake never came. The snake waited for Eve to be how? As soon as she was not alone, then he came. He started. You'd be surprised. Most of the evil thoughts that enter you, they enter you when you are when? You, you seem to be more visitable by Satan when you are alone. You are not ready for me. I think let's just... It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good. When man is alone, he is exposed. And, and, and most people, that's why people that are very quiet, they are, look, it's, I understand that all of us don't speak the same way. But I'm telling you, when you are a very quiet person, you are in danger more than the person who speaks. Why? Because you, you don't speak your mind, you internalize it. And because you internalize your, your so you become easily a target for this guy. The things that you are supposed to say, you don't say them. But you say them, but to another person. Inside. And he starts guiding you another way. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good for you to be alone. It's not good. It's not good. Never find yourself. That's why the church exists. The church is a support system. In the church, you can build friendship. You don't find yourself alone. The moment you are alone, you become Eve. You become Eve. And, and conversations will start taking place. And as you're going to learn now, those conversations will have an effect. 
You are not ready. The first thing demons do when they are working on a person, listen to me well. Listen to me well. The first thing demons do when they start working on a person is to isolate the person. Isolation has always been the first step in destroying a person. You learn a lot from animals because most demons actually have animal characteristics. Satan is introduced to man in the book of Genesis as a snake. I've never seen a snake coming through a whole head of of antelopes at the same time. He will stay there and wait for that one antelope. That will become more clever and move from the head and go and start grazing on the other side. All of a sudden, he forgets about that big head. He turns his attention on this one. Loneliness is an indication. You are getting ready for demonic activation. Lonely people, always in your room, always with your earphones, always by yourself, always talking to yourself. You know what is happening? You are having conversations with a snake. And I can promise you of this because most of the time, after those conversations, you are not happy. How many of you have had lonely conversations? After lonely conversations, you were so excited about life. You were so blessed. You couldn't wait to help the whole world. You are usually depressed. You feel more like you, just, you, you sink. You sink deeper. Hmm? It is not good for a young man to be alone. It is not good for a young girl to be alone. It is not good for an older woman, an older man. It will never be good. No matter the stage you are in, never be alone. Never face things alone. David said, even though I go through the veil of children, I'm not alone. I'm going through a very tough time, but I'm not alone. You are with me. Your road and your staff, they comfort me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. If you are ever alone, I'm telling you, you are halfway through the defeat already. The difficulty with me preaching this message this morning is that some of you have already developed the habit of being alone, the habit of doing everything alone, and it's as if what I'm teaching here is foreign information, but it has always been there. If Eve was talking to her husband, if Eve was with her husband, this guy was never going to come. Came because she was alone. She was alone. She was alone. There are many things you are facing alone. There are many topics and many issues you are not talking to anybody about. You are facing them alone. That's very dangerous. That's very dangerous. Because the chances of you escaping this guy, I don't know. Can we continue a little bit? God also created a biological family to solve the loneliness problem. Do you understand? God, that's why you are in a family. 
a physical, biological family. Your family is not as bad as we think it is. Your family is actually a support system established by God to help you escape loneliness. Psalm 68 verse 6. God sets the lonely where? Let's read together. Let's go. God sets the lonely in families. In families. That's why you have a family. Because God is trying to answer the issue of loneliness. And I understand the relationship in the families are already corrupted. That's why some of us, even though you have a family, you are still what? Alone. I'm going to tell you now why, why it's like that. But I want you to first understand that the reason you have a family is so that you are not what? Alone. Hey, Pastor, you don't understand my family. They are very bad people. Uh-huh. I'm coming on that. <laughs> they are very, very bad people. These are witches and wizards. I don't even know how I'm surviving among these people. These are Satan and, and, and Lucifer together to combine. That's what you are being fed with. So that you are fed away. Oh, I'm teaching. Tell your neighbor, it's always good to come to church. You always learn something. You always learn something. Every time you don't come to church, don't think you are the same. You are, you are missing. You are missing. Now, the good thing is, I'm the one, God give me this, so I have them. When you don't come, you are the one who is not me. (laughs) Please come to church. It will help you. Number two, God sets you in a church. You don't set yourself. Like all this, there are certain things your biological family cannot answer to. So God has another system to assist you. The church. Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Look at it. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. A person that is saved is added to the church. If you are truly saved, listen to this verse. Look at the verse. God adds to the church people that are saved. God adds them. God adds them to the church. You can't be saved in the air. God adds you to a church. Why? Because you need that support system in place. You need it. You will not be a good Christian if you are not added to a church. And if it was not necessary for you to belong to a church, why is it that after you get saved, God adds you to a church? Now, that verse doesn't say the pastor adds you to a church. Eh? As I said, the deacon adds you to a church. Eh? The president adds you to a church. Who is adding people to the church? God. God. Who is setting people, lonely people in families? God. God. And in Genesis 3, he says, it's no good for man to be alone. So I'm going to find a way to always put a support system around them. I will give them a family a biological family, then I'll give them a spiritual family. You see now, when Satan managed to get you out of a church, 
When a person leaves a church, it's never normal. It's a high demonic work that has happened. Because a person that was added has been removed. It is never an innocent event when a member of a church has been removed from the church. It's a demonic surgical operation that has taken place. The same way my finger cannot leave my hand just like that. It will require a doctor to come with a scissor and cut it out. The Bible says we are members of the body. So when a member of the body has been removed, it means somebody came with a knife and dissected the part and removed the part. And it cannot be God because God is adding. Every time a person stops coming to church, they think it is them. What they don't know is that the enemy of their soul is working without a day off to make sure you have time for everything except that thing where God has added you. Except that place where God has done what? Added you. I'm teaching. Hmm? Are you blessed? So God asks you to a church, and then look at Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. After God asks you to a church, then God gives you a pastor. I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge. Where do these people feed you? They come to your house to feed you. Eh? They feed you in the church. So God asks you to the church, and then God gives you what? Pastors. So that those pastors can feed you. Show me a child that is in the house where they are not giving food. If that child will be happy. Even some of you here are not happy because they are not eating at home. I know this because I grew up in a very big family. And food was a luxury. Yeah. See you guys today. Everybody is giving a plate. You eat with your time. In growing up, there's no such a thing like you have a plate. No, 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 no. Three people per plate. Three. Yeah. The day one is sick, you are two. Oh, yeah. No, that's how I grew up. I, grew, I never knew what it means to own a plate. I learned those things when I was over 20 years. All my childhood, eating is a fight. Sleeping is a fight. Because you are three or four, you have to learn to, to, to position yourself like this and sleep and sleep and have good dreams. Oh, yeah. Today, some of you throw one leg in China, you throw another leg in Japan, and you are flowing. We didn't have that luxury. One time, I tried to throw the leg. I was hit by the wall, and I reminded myself, you are not alone in the bed, my friend. You are not alone in the bed. Actually, I was dreaming I was playing soccer. Do you understand? I was dreaming, and I felt I'm close to the goal. And the ball is about to, so I said, no, 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 no. So I really, like, you know when you come, you don't want to miss the goal. And I hit, ah! I was sleeping for a week. Are you with me? What do you get from relationships? You get blessings. Ephesians 6 verse 2. Honor your father and your mother. Why? 
which is the first commandment with the promise. It is not the first commandment in the Bible. The first commandment is, Thou shalt have no other God before the Lord. But this is the first commandment with a promise. Do you understand? That the first time God is giving a commandment and He's making it, He attaching a promise to it. This is the first one. This is the first one. It has a promise attached. Honor your father and your mother. Then look at the blessing that will come. It will be well with you. And you shall live long. Who wants to live long? You want to live long? We all want to live long. I don't want Or you want to die today? We all want to live long. Who wants to do well in life? You want to do well. You want all your things to go well. I mean, wow. It is very much connected to your relationship with your father and your mother. More than to your degree in school. This thing. Doing well and living long. Doing well and living long. Those two things are very much connected to how you relate with your father and your mother. More than how many degrees you have. Doing well. Doing well and living long. Doing well and living long. Anybody at ABC, if you could listen to what I'm teaching, you will be high in your family. You will be above everybody in the family because you are learning things they are not learning. So you should just be flying and getting all the A's, 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 A's everywhere. Don't live here and you also go home and say, I want to do well. And to do well, I must get this. No, to do well, honor these people. That's like the number one thing that will make you to do well. Just honor these people. And you will do well. Anybody who is a father, honor them. Are you listening? (laughs) Sammy, are you listening to me? Honor your father, my brother. Honor him. Honor him. Don't, don't. Jay, honor them. Honor. It will be well with you. Just like that. And learn to support fathers and mothers. I heard the story of a man of God who was going to buy food someday and in front of him was an old woman who had gone before him. So he had to wait for her. As he's waiting for her, God says to him, pay for her food. She mustn't pay. So she mother. He doesn't know her. So she's about to look for, and you know, the mother said they had money. So she's trying to, then he said, man, please, don't worry, I'm going to pay. He said, please, let me pay, let me pay. And he pays for her food. He says the mother turned and looked at him. Say, my son, you don't know me, you've paid for my food. Say, yes, ma'am. And the mother says to him, forever walk on gold. <laughs> a woman who doesn't have slippers she's saying forever walk on God if I mention the name of that guy you, you all know him she doesn't have education but she has a blessing Your father didn't go to school. Your father is a drunkard. 
said he has a blessing. Your pastor must not know all the scriptures you know. But he has a blessing. And this is where the younger generation is missing it. Because you look at your mother. I heard the story of a boy who told his mother. He told the mother that you smell. That guy died two years ago. I, I showed his picture here. He told the mother, you smell. And the mother says to him, thank you. You are the reason why I smell. Yeah, I'll go work outside so that you can eat. That's why I smell. He died two years ago. In the street in Pretoria, by the roadside, drugs. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Funny? Honor, sir. Honor. <laughs> Hmm? It shall be well with you. It shall be well with you. In the name of Jesus. Now it's because Satan understands the blessedness that comes in relationship. That's why Satan fights relationships. Fully. Can I tell you something? Satan doesn't really fight your money. Much. Satan doesn't really fight your car, much. He does, but not too much. The main thing that he attacks is your relationships. Genesis 3, I think, has God. Genesis 3, uh, 13. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? What is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent, he deceived me. Somebody has come. This is Genesis 3. The serpent, by the time the serpent was done here, this woman lost her relationship with God. She lost her relationship with her husband. They started accusing each other. Then she lost her relationship with herself. She, she saw she was naked. She lost value in herself. Through one encounter with the snake. Just one. Hmm? Satan attacks your relationship. The first relationship man had, Satan attacked it. I don't know why you think the ones you have now, he's not attacking them. I don't know why you are thinking like that. That's why Jesus spent a lot of time building his relationship when he was here. John 15, 15, look at it. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you what? Friends. Say with me, relationship. <laughs> relationship. Why? For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus started his relationship with the guys as servants. They were errand boys. Do you understand? So they didn't have anything more than just, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, like, seven, uh, you go, uh, and uh, go, okay, go do this, okay, okay. It was just, Aaron boys, go, go, can, go can the basket, go do this, go do this, go do that. It was seven relationships, seven master relationships. But Jesus knew at that level, this thing cannot be strong enough. So Jesus started working on the relationship. And the relationship moved from seven master to Friends. 
friends. And he says, the reason why I call you friend is because everything I know, you now know. That's a true friend. A true friend exposes you to what they know. They don't hide things from you. Don't tell me you have a friend. They don't know you are coming to church. They don't know you are hearing the type of things you are hearing here. And you are saying they are your friend. Jesus says, anything I've learned, I've made known to you. You know what I know. I've told you what I know. He said, look at it. I call you friends because everything I learned from my father, I've taught you. That's a true relationship. Where nothing is hidden. So the relationship, I, I feel the Lord telling me something. So the more things are hidden in a relationship, the weaker the relationship. I just said something. Because if true friends is when every, look at it, everything I learned, you know. There's nothing I know that you don't know. That's a true relationship. Can you say that about your friend? That everything you've learned, they also know. You've learned about this building. Do they know about this building? You've learned about Pastor Pascal, what he's teaching. Do they know about those things? Have you made it aware to them? But you're calling them your friends. Some of you are even calling some of them your girlfriend, your boyfriend. What do they know that you know? We are changing. We are changing in the name of Jesus. We are changing in the name of Jesus. We are changing in the name of Jesus. I, I said we are changing in the name of Jesus. True friendship. True friendship is that what I know you also know. I know a scripture. I share it with you. I know something. I show it to you. When I cannot tell you what I know, it means there is no trust. There is no trust. If I have a business idea and I can't share it with my friend, it means I don't trust my friend. Am I saying something? There is no trust. There's no trust. There's no trust. There's no trust. There's no trust. And this is why relationships are weak. So they are weak. You know the Holy Spirit, he doesn't know the Holy Spirit. And you are not making any effort to introduce him to the Holy Spirit. You know the Bible, they don't know the Bible. And you are not making any effort to introduce them to the word. Everything I learned, I've made known to you. Everything. Everything. And Jesus says, that's friendship. That's true friendship. That's true friendship. Do you know I'm best friend with my wife? I always check when, when, there's, when I sense that it seems like I can't share this with her. I sense there's a problem. If I can't share it with her, it could be that maybe she's not mature enough yet to receive it. I'm willing to take to teach her, but maybe she. You see, because Jesus told them, "I have a lot of things to share with you, but you cannot receive them yet. When the Holy Ghost comes, He will show you." Do you understand? So there are certain things that maybe the person is not yet ready fully, but the ones they are ready fully, you should be able to give to them. You should be able to give to them. And I'm saying, when there are secrets, it means you don't trust this person. You don't trust this person. You don't trust this person. 
I have, I have canceled couples. The wife will say to me, Pastor, I, I cannot touch that phone. Hey. Talking about the phone of a husband. Hey. So if I touch that phone, I'll get a dirty slap. Hey. Mercy. Do you, do you know that my phone is never in my hand? My son, my daughter. Can your phone be in the hands of, of your children? Will they be blessed? Because there's no password, there's nothing. My son can spend the whole night with my phone. My children play with my phone. They have games, they have their own, they, they have section. Every one of them has a section in my phone. That this is the, this one, they, they go for their, their things. But I'm asking you, can your child access your phone? Then open the pictures. Then scroll freely through your pictures without having a heart attack. Then scroll freely through your, your WhatsApp messages. I'm not hearing what I'm not hearing anything. It's like, there's nothing, there's nothing. We are quiet now, we are very quiet. We are quiet. Okay, you are saying this person is your best friend. Can they access your phone? Can they go through your phone? Can they go through your messages? Then it's good. I hope you will do it. Can we become like Jesus? Everything I learned from my father I made known to you. Can you say that like Jesus? That there's nothing that I know that you don't know. Hmm? My God. This is the key to improving our relationships, my people. It is not by buying gifts all the time. It's by sharing information. Can you share? Because you can give me a gift but you're not giving me what is in you. A lot of people buy their secrecy with gifts. They use gifts to shut your mouth so that you don't ask. I just said something there. They use gifts to shut you up. Don't speak. Don't ask. Just enjoy the gifts. I see God healing our relationships. I see God restoring our relationship and helping us, helping us, helping us. That's why the relationships are too weak. That's why, you see, oh, I just, I just got another revelation. You see, when the snake came to Eve, he asked, did God really say, you shall not? He was, he was, was he checking if Adam gave this guy gifts? What was he checking? Information. Do you know? What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? One of my friends was getting married years ago here at the college. And a lady came to give an illustration to show the importance of couples sharing information. And I never forgot it. She said there was a, a man who was owing money to another man. Then he couldn't pay. Then he was getting married. Then the man came and says, you know what? I need my money. But when he came, he found the wife first. 
Do you understand? Found, now, oh, they were, oh, so they were not married. But before they could start their life together, he came. And the husband was, the, 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 the husband was in the room. So the wife was there. He says to the wife, this is not a very nice example, but I, I just want you to understand. He says to the, to the wife, look, your husband hasn't paid me. I need my money. Then the wife said, sorry. We, we, we. He said, okay, I'm going to let it pass. Just remove your clothes for me quickly. She had just come from the shower, so she was still having a towel around her. So, thinking to herself, okay, it's a quick way to kill this dead, and then, I mean, he's not going to touch me, so, so she just removed the clothes, he saw her, then she wore again. Then, you know what? He left. But because it was a shameful thing to tell her husband that I just paid a debt by showing my nakedness. She kept the secret. As soon as the, the man saw the husband, my money, my money, nah, 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 my money. And I want my money with interest. So the man had to go left, right. Finally got the money. Came and gave the man the money. Then he goes home and says, yo, ah, God is so good. The wife said, why? He said, no. Hey, she, you remember that man who was owing us? I finally paid him. The wife said, you did what? He said, I paid him. What did you pay? He said, no, he even asked interest. I went and got more money I gave him. He said, yo. He got the two of us. Information. Are you learning the key? Information. You didn't share information. You didn't share information. Everything I know, I have made known to you. Your relationship is at the dependence of the level of transparency. Did you hear what I said? The transparency strengthened the relationship. Praise the Lord. Everything. So Jesus taught them everything. So Jesus lifted the relationship to a friendship level. What are we learning here? All your relationships are not at the highest level. Don't just say, this is my friend, this is my friend. Don't be too quick to call people friends. What have you invested in the relationship? How, how, how strong is it? Sister, are you hearing me? What have you invested in it? What have you shared together? How strong is it? I'm not talking about going on holidays together only. That's very good. But I'm talking about information. Like this is what I'm busy with. This is my phone. This is how much I earn. Hey, some people, yo, 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 yo. In a thousand years, you will never know what they earn. Never. What? From where? Are you the one? Eh? Never. Who brought you to this world? Do you go to work with me? You ask me how much I earn? Are you, are you mad? Oh. A lot of things are not in place. Some of you, you needed to be here with your beloved and your, all those things. 
But it is recorded. You can share with them. It is recorded. I want to close, but I I, I don't want you to go with that understanding that even though Jesus worked this hard to build these relationships, Satan was able to infiltrate these relationships and cause damage. Let's see the first disciple of Jesus that Satan infiltrated and how he turned the whole thing around. John 6 verse 17. Jesus answered them, didn't I choose you, the 12, and one of you is a devil? He was talking about Judas. How can you go from friend to devil? Let's look at Peter. Matthew 16, verse 23. And he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. How can Peter, who is your friend, not be an offense? And Satan. Judas has become the devil. I mean, go back to that first verse. He didn't say, you have a devil. Look at it. He says, you are, one of you is a devil. I chose you 12. I'm the one who chose you. I've been training you. But one of you is a devil. Wow, how can you go from a friend to a devil? What happened? Baby, what happened? I thought we were flowing. I thought this thing was working. I, I don't think you guys are ready for my preaching. Eh? I said, how can we have friends and the friendship has turned into devils? Something is going on. He said, I chose you. Look at it. Didn't I choose you? One of you is a devil. Did Jesus choose a devil? No, no, no. Jesus chose a disciple. And he turned a disciple into what? A friend. But the friend has become what? A devil. What happened? My husband has become a devil. What happened? My wife has become... What happened? When Adam is talking to Eve, he's thinking he's talking to the woman God gave him. He doesn't know this person has had another conversation. This person is not the same person. This is not the same Eve you knew in the morning. This is a reverse version. A revised version. You will thank me later. You will send my gift later. I'll tell you. How does, because in the two disciples that got affected, the same person is mentioned. Devil. Satan. Eve says, the serpent has deceived me. So you can see, he's the same person. That works in all these relationships to destroy them. The question becomes, how does he do it? How can the serpent turn a good wife? Shepard, stand up. My daughter, come. The day day this man saw this girl the first time. Whoa! 
She is bone of my bone. Fle- Look at your husband. Flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Then he said, the, the, the person said, she, he didn't say, he said, wow, man, wow, man. And then we put the two together and say, woman. That's how Adam saw Eve. But he didn't know the Eve that came with the fruit was not the same Eve again. So what happened in between? Can I show you what Satan does? How Satan can destroy good friends. I'm sure you're not two good friends that were like this. And a day came, they are like this. Wow. Two husband and wife, oh honey, oh, I cannot live without you. Till we die. I will go to the moon for you. I will give you my heart. And I will live on battery. Oh honey, I need you. The next thing you hear, I'm divorcing you. Sign here, sign here, sign here. Ah! What happened? I said, what, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Can I show you something? I will show you this and we'll close. You need to go online to listen to the whole message. The time is gone. The time is gone. I want to show you something here. This is how Satan does it. Acts 5, 3. Look at how Satan does it. Then Peter said to Ananias, Peter said this because Peter knows this thing. He went through it. So Peter is saying, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied? You've given the wrong information. Satan has filled your heart. What is making Peter say this? Peter knows this thing. Are you listening to me? Before this day, Peter had his own day with Satan. So he understands what is going on. So he doesn't even, he just says, Satan has filled you. I know, Satan has filled your heart. That's why you are giving wrong information. What does it mean to fill the heart? How does Satan fill hearts? What is the heart? And how does he fill it? Because it seems like when he fills the heart, your actions change. Your behavior changes. So what is this thing that Satan does that Peter is mentioning here? You fill the heart of the person. Satan has filled your heart. Are you ready for it? Oh, you're going to be blessed. and You're going to be very blessed. Matthew 9 verse 4. Look at it. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts? Where? In your heart. Therefore, how does Satan fill the heart? If you are studying with me, if because I'm doing some Bible study this morning at Kalanyoni. How can Satan fill the heart? Jesus gave the answer. Knowing what? Their thoughts. Jesus asked, why do you entertain evil thoughts? Where? In your heart. What did Satan feel? What did Satan feel? The heart. Satan feels what? The heart. And what, where are they entertaining evil thoughts? So what did Satan fill their heart with? 
evil thoughts. That's right. That's right. That's right. Evil thoughts. Therefore, a thought is the most spiritual thing that has ever happened to you. When it is a good thought, it didn't come from you. It came from the Holy Spirit or from God. When it is an evil thought, you must understand. You m- Listen to me very well today. Some of you, this is your deliverance and more than your deliverance today like this. How has Satan filled your heart with what? Evil thoughts. Therefore, thoughts are Satan's weapon against relationships. Thoughts. You will never see the devil come with a knife. No, no, no. He infiltrates your mind with thoughts. And from those thoughts, your actions are going to start changing. Buyo, it seems like I'm making sense. Thank you, sir. Now, quickly, I'm ending for today. I need to continue next week. So I'm just introducing this thing for us. Then next week I will hit very hard by the grace of God. I will hit very hard. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh my God. Listen to me. An evil thought. An evil thought in your mind. And it, are you listening? Okay. Dancing stars, are you listening? Thank you, my children. An evil thought in your mind indicates the presence of an evil spirit. Don't think twice. As soon as an evil thought has entered your mind, an evil spirit is not far. How has Satan Satan filled what? Your heart. And the heart is filled with evil thoughts. So the evil thought didn't come from... There's there's an entity that is responsible for that. It's called an evil spirit. So whenever evil thoughts invade your mind, it is your first sign evil spirits are around. Your worst spiritual attack... It's not a dream where you are seeing somebody following with your knife. Your worst spiritual attack is an evil thought in your mind during the day. Psalm 91 talks about arrows that fly by day. Arrows that fly by day. Those are evil thoughts that are entering your mind by day during the day like this. I mean, even ever since I started teaching, I don't know how many evil thoughts have entered your mind already. My God. Now, ever since you were born, maybe you didn't know what I'm about to teach you because you have allowed evil thoughts to stay and you have done what? 
entertained. Entertainment. You entertain the evil thoughts. And they turn into something else. Show me any action that you've ever had. Any bad thing you've ever done. I can trace it back to an evil thought that was communicated to you. And that you did not act upon normally. And the way you should have acted upon it. It graduated to actions, to behaviors, to attitudes, and all the other things that you are now today. You have turned into something else. And you know yourself, this is not how you were. Am I talking to the right people? Like, you know, this is not how you were. This is not the person you were before. But now you are this person. You are not this person. What has happened to you? Evil thoughts have been injected in your mind and you did not do anything about it. You've allowed the evil thoughts to stay and you've entertained them for so long until they have not taken the shape of your current character. So you are telling people, I'm like this. You're not like that. Satan has turned you into that with the thought he's been communicating to you. This morning, by the grace of God, you will learn how to destroy evil thoughts from your mind. In the name of Jesus. Take me to 2 Corinthians 10.3. I want to show you how to do it. Quickly. Woo! My God, my God. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. How? According to the flesh. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Because the, the weapons against you are also not what? Carnal. You cannot see evil thoughts, but you can feel them. You can feel something has entered. I mean, many times you'll be there having a good time, and then an evil thought will just enter. Then you become confused. And then the thing is entering you. It's settling down in you. Some people even start having headaches. Because it's strong. It's so, dif- it's so different from what you were thinking about earlier. It's totally different. It's the presence of an evil spirit. You are coming to church. You are thinking about God. You are thinking about how church is going to be. And all of a sudden, an evil thought of fornication enters your mind. Yeah. And you are saying, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to church anyway. He knows you are going to church. But he's planting it already. So what do I do? Look at verse 5. Casting down. That's the only way. <laughs> Casting down. Imaginations. You don't entertain them. You don't say it is just a thought. Mercy. I've shown you Satan gives thoughts. They are from him. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God. Like this thought that has come is not according to the will of God. Like the thing I'm thinking about now is not in the Bible. The thing I'm thinking about now, God doesn't want me to do it. But Satan is suggesting I should do it. 
It's against God. It's against God. It's an imagination, but it's against God. It's against God. Look at it. And bringing into captivity what? Look at it. What are you bringing into captivity? Every thought. I mean, if thoughts are harmless, why must you captivate them? Why must you captivity means you are you are blocking it, you are putting chains on it. Captivity means you are captured. Can you capture something that is harmless? Can you capture something that is not in motion? Thoughts are not just thoughts, they are evil spirits. So when you hear captured, you have captured not the thought, but the evil spirit that is sponsoring the thought. Where's Amokala? Are you listening to me, my daughter? Please. Every thought captivated. Take it down. Okay, let's make it practical. I'm going to church and I'm thinking about God, how I'm going to dance today, how I'm going to praise God. Then an evil thought of fornication entered my mind. What do I do? In the name of Jesus, I bind you now. And somebody, somebody here is saying, somebody here is saying, ah, but it's not like I got attacked. You got attacked, my friend. You got attacked at the highest, look, you, 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 like you got attacked at the highest level. At the highest level. You don't just realize it. There's a pastor who was walking one day in the streets of London with a friend. They were just walking, having fun, having fun, walking. Then he said, he heard his friend say, hey, what did the friend say? He said, he heard the friend say, Satan, I rebuke you. He said, hey, you. <laughs> then he said to the friend, oh, what's going on? <laughs> then the friend says to him, Satan just gave me a very bad thought. Then he says to the friend, it was just a thought. He said, no, 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 no. It was not just a thought. If I thought it, it means Satan wants me to do it. Can I tell you something? Anything you are thinking, Satan wants you to do what? Glitter. Do you know the things you've been thinking? Satan wants you to do them. nowhere. He says, Satan, I rebuke you. I see people rising from this church that will never allow evil thoughts to be entertained in their minds again. Are you listening to me this morning? That you will not allow evil thoughts to stay. Satan, come and start giving you thoughts. Church is no more nice. You should leave church. Don't, Don't continue. You are thinking, is that God talking to you? Is that God talking to you? That's not God talking to you, sir. It can never be God. God adds to the church. I say God adds to the church. So you need to vet it against the knowledge of God. So you don't have the knowledge of God. Any thought Satan gives will just enter you. Because you don't know the knowledge of you don't know the word of God. Anything he gives you, you just take. Ah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. I'm, I'm, I'm flowing with you. I'm flowing with you. You know, when the Holy Ghost is talking to me, I talk back. Many times I say yes, sir. Sometimes I say, yeah, I'm, I'm getting you. I'm getting you. I'm getting. Because somebody is talking to me. Somebody, I said, somebody is talking to me. I can hear somebody is talking. Ah, somebody is talking to me. Somebody is talking to me. Somebody is talking to me. And when Satan is talking, you will hear. You will hear. Tasha, take it. Take it, take it, take it. Nobody is watching. Take it. Somebody doesn't just steal. Somebody is telling him, take it. They are not watching. Take it, take it quick. Take it, take it quick. Take, 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 take. Yeah, good, good, good. Now go slowly, go slowly. Go slowly, go slowly, go slowly, go slowly, go slowly. You think this, this guy, he's hearing a voice. He has monitors, spiritual monitors in the ears. Somebody's talking to him. What do I do? Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. That thing must stop right now. And when you become exercised, you start knowing evil spirits are presented with the thoughts. So, for you to know which evil spirit is here, what thoughts are being communicated strongly at the moment? That's the evil spirit that is there. So that you don't just say in the name of Jesus. No, you can actually assess the thought. This is a thought. Satan is, uh, you're hearing, you need to drink. You need to drink now. You need to drink now. It's hot. It's hot. I need it. Let's go. Let's go. Then when he says you are trying to resist, he brings the image. Castle beer. Chilled. And you can see, you can see, <laughs> you can see, the, you know when it becomes, yeah, the frost is, he's adding effects. HD effects. He's adding HD effect to the thing. Then you are just saying, yeah, I'm tired. Kill a pill. I say, ah, no, what are you thinking? When you get it, you'll be back. So you've entered arguments. Arguments. Where is, give NIV. NIV will show you that it, uh-huh, it becomes an argument in your mind. Why do you have arguments? Because sometimes you really don't want to do what he's telling you to do. So you are trying to argue and it becomes, who is going to win? I'm going to bring a stronger argument. So, it's the fight against your will for your will. The things I'm teaching in Kalanyon, if Kalanyon knew what they're learning here. Mama, the things I'm teaching in Kalanyon, I'm sowing a seed for the future. I'm telling you, because these are good stuff I'm teaching here. Very good things. I'm telling you, they're very good. They are very good. I can tell you that. Arguments. You are having thoughts. A challenge of thoughts. The only way to win. Cast them down. So when you capture that. I think this is a thought of drunkenness. So the spirit of drunkenness. Is around. So I don't just say. Satan I rebuke you. Say spirit of drunkenness. I bind you now in the name of Jesus. You will be amazed. I'm telling you, if you like try it, you will be shocked. You will be shocked that immediately the thing will withdraw. 
That's why many people didn't come to church today. You know why? Satan doesn't want people to hear this. Ever since I started this series, I have seen every week, if people's eyes could just open to see, they will fight more than he's fighting. Because I labor in the world. I have to fight somewhere to get what you need. But if we all fight, all of us will be free. All of us will be free. If we all start fighting, because imagine, even if you have to tell somebody else, you will not be able to tell them the way I'm saying it now. It's different when you are sitting here hearing it yourself. And that's the main fight. Nobody must hear it live. Because there's a release of power. That is also happening as I'm teaching. Oh yes, I can tell you that the thoughts that are being communicated to you, if, if thoughts, if an evil spirit can give thoughts, then the Holy Ghost also give thoughts. So if an evil spirit can give a thought and can change a person, then the Holy Ghost can give me a thought and I can communicate that thought and can also change a person. It can change a person. Let's wake up to the reality that this invisible... So what is the invisible enemy we are learning this morning? Thoughts. That's the invisible enemy. Thoughts. They are not as innocent as you think. Stand on your feet, everybody. Come on, let's start thanking the Lord. Start thanking him right now for the word that has come. Why don't you just thank him for it? Just, you know, uh, listen to me first. I want you to know something. The word comes from God. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. The word is from God. God is the one who sends the word. That's why when you have received the word, you must always thank the sender of the word. Do you understand? Never just take the word of God and say, ah, no, pastor, I preach well. No, 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 I cannot preach well. I just receive well and I communicate well. That's all. But the word is not from me. It's from God. God is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word, was, the word is God. So if this word has been a blessing to you, listen, it came from God. The best thing to do is first to thank him for sending it. Because this word will save many lives here. Many of you. Satan will stop molesting and molesting your life the way he's been doing it. If you can apply what you learned this morning. Let's raise our hand and say, Lord, I just thank you for the word. Come on, go ahead and start thanking him for the word. Let's start thanking him right now.
Lord, thank him, thank him. And begin to ask him to give you wisdom to apply. Wisdom and grace. Grace to apply. Grace to apply. Grace to apply. Grace to remember. Grace to remember. Grace to go back and listen to it on podcast. Grace to go back and watch it on YouTube. Grace, 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 grace. Come on, pray now. Pray now. This word must enter you. This word must stay in you. Come on, pray. Come on, let's all pray, let's all pray, let's all pray. Let's all pray, let's all pray, let's all pray. The presence of God is here to help us, to help us. Many of us, Satan has blocked your wisdom by sending evil thoughts to your mind. He's fighting your courage by sending discouraging thoughts. Now, with a few minutes you have, I want you to start binding and casting down. Start casting down. Start casting down in the name of Jesus. Start casting down every evil thought that has entered your mind. The ones you can remember. Start binding them and start casting them down now. Oh, come on, somebody pray. This is your life we are talking about. This is your life we are talking about. You cannot continue living in defeat. God has come to help us. fight Satan being in the kingdom of Satan. You have to change kingdoms. The Bible says that those who believe in Jesus, God has translated them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the son of his love. So right now, I want to pray for people that are saying, Pastor, I want to fight the enemy but I don't know what is the first step. The first step is to give your heart to Jesus. You can't fight Satan if you are still in the hands of the enemy. So if you are here, I say, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want Jesus to enter my heart. I want to be saved. I'd like to pray for you. At the count of three, you can just raise your right hand and say, Pastor, please pray with me this morning. I need Jesus in my heart. I want to be saved. I want my sins to be forgiven. At the count of three, you can raise your right hand and I'll pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. I want to be born again. God bless you. 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 I want to be born again. I want my sins to be forgiven. Thank you so much. You can take your hands down. Now, you are already born again this morning, but you want to recommit yourself to God. You want to recommit your heart to Jesus. 
at the count of three, I also would like you to raise your right hand and pastor will pray with you. One, two, three. I want you to commit my heart. Raise your hand. I want you to commit myself to Jesus. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you at the back. Thank you. Okay. All of us that raise our hands without any protocol, please quickly come to the front so I can pray with you. Come. Everybody that raised your hand, come, 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 come. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to raise your two hands like this as a sign of surrender to the Lord, okay? And we're going we're gonna to say certain things. And you're just going to repeat after me. I'm going to say certain words and you just repeat after me. Amen? Okay. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now. I believe. My sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for each one of these precious souls this morning. I release the precious blood of Jesus on each one of them. I break the grip of Satan on their lives right now. And I thank you, Lord, that as they've committed to you, your grace is reaching out to each one of them right now. In the name of Jesus, bless them, Lord. Strengthen them. Cause them to rise. May they be planted in the church. May they have a change of heart. May the word find meaning in their souls. May they have victory over evil spirits. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life. Amen.